Welcome back, everybody, to the Luke Beasley Show. I hope you're doing wonderful on this Thursday. Let's dive in. Republican Governor of Tennessee, Bill Lee, in the wake of the horrifying mass shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, is actually, while not huge steps, is pushing for reforms when it comes to the gun laws in the state of Tennessee. And what is really unfortunate about what we're seeing here is the response from Republicans in the state has been kind of what you'd expect. So even when the Republican governor is pushing for it, we're, we're not going to see change. But I do want to talk about this. Um, he signed an executive order that sought to strengthen background checks in the state and then also uh, is pushing now for red flag laws as well. Here from Politico, in the wake of a mass shooting in Nashville, Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee signed an executive order on Tuesday strengthening background checks for gun purchases. The Republican governor also called for lawmakers to pass a so-called red flag law that would temporarily remove guns from dangerous people. Quote, when there is a clear need for action, I think that we have an obligation to remind people that we should set aside politics and pride and accomplish something that uh, the people of Tennessee want to get accomplished, Lee told reporters, according to the uh, audio obtained of his news conference. And then we'll look at him uh, in a video he released calling for these red flag laws, and then we'll get to the Republican response from House Republicans. We all agree that dangerous, unstable individuals who intend to harm themselves or others should not have access to weapons. And that should be done in a way that requires due process and a high burden of proof, supports law enforcement, punishes false reporting, enhances mental health support, and preserves the Second Amendment for law-abiding citizens. Tennesseans agree with this. Legislators agree with this. Second Amendment advocates agree with this. And so throughout the last couple of weeks, I've worked with members of the General Assembly, constitutionally-minded Second Amendment-protecting members. Okay, so then you can hear him trying to be clear that he's not going after the Second Amendment and... It won't matter. It'll still get called some infringement. As you'll see here, this is from the Tennessee House Republicans. Uh, they released this. Any red flag law is a non-starter for House Republicans. Our caucus is focused on finding solutions that prevent dangerous individuals from harming the public and preserve the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens. We have always been open to working with Governor Lee on measures that fit within that framework. But see, when you take off the table the various solutions that would address this problem, it doesn't mean a whole lot when you say, we're still open to talking about solutions. It just has to fit within our framework that prevents solutions from being proposed. It's, it's really aggravating. There's nothing infringing on your Second Amendment about trying to make sure that uh, unstable, dangerous people who are a threat to society if they were to have a gun and they were to um, act on certain horrible ambitions, don't have that ability, don't have that killing tool. Um, and they're against it. And it's worked in past situations. It's a policy that is common sense and it works. And there's so much more that we should be doing, more than just the uh, red flag laws, but even a basic step like that 
isn't going to be able to be taken in a state like Tennessee because of the current ideology of the Republican Party. To give you some hope in case you feel like no progress is being made when it comes to guns, elections really do have consequences. And we see that with comparing the different policy decisions of different uh different politicians in different states here from cnn michigan's democratic governor gretchen whitmer signed a package of six expansive gun violence prevention bills into law thursday that will create universal background checks for all firearms and mandate safe storage requirements around children absolutely um a correct policy decision there and then you also have out of michigan to give some credit to democrats in michigan uh, Governor Whitmer to sign Michigan's red flag law. Any day now, the governor will sign the state's red red flag law, which allows a judge to temporarily take someone's gun if they pose a risk to themselves or others. The Michigan Senate signed off on creating Michigan's red flag law. Wednesday is the third piece uh, to a series of gun reforms Democrats pushed through after the mass shooting at Michigan State University in February. So, Changes being made on that front. Now, the unfortunate thing, anytime we talk about state-by-state state changes on uh, gun policy, while good, and it does make a difference, and we see how um, there's a correlation between states with stricter gun laws and lower gun violence, but also, as we also see when it's researched, guns that are being used in states that have the stricter gun laws are in large part coming from states with weaker gun laws. And so if we're going to thoroughly uh, address this problem, it has to be on a national level. doesn't mean statewide policies don't make a difference. They do. But it also needs to happen federally. Um, but what's preventing that from happening, just like in Tennessee on the national level as well, it's that Republican ideology that is distorting the meaning of the Second Amendment to mean something that it absolutely doesn't. Republican Representative Buddy Carter advocated for the Fair Tax Act on the House floor. Uh, this is a proposal being put forward by some House Republicans to replace our current tax system with an across-the-board 23% sales tax. Um, and I'll talk about why that would be a very, very bad system to implement um, after we watch this first clip, and then we'll have some other clips to look at in just a little bit. H.R. 25, the fair tax, is a simple, fair, and preferred alternative to our current tax system, which puts bureaucrats before the basic needs of hardworking Americans. The bill would eliminate, eliminate, as in do away with, the federal income, the federal payroll, and the estate and gift taxes, replacing them with a revenue-neutral national 23% consumption tax. Now look, Mr. Speaker, nobody likes taxes, but given the, given the choice between a payroll tax, an income tax, an estate tax, or a gift tax, or a consumption tax, people would prefer a consumption tax because they are in control then. So this draws upon kind of the ambition for simplicity in a system like this. Oh, if... 23% across the board. And by the way, I do think there's areas we need to simplify our tax code, but this being the solution would be disastrous. Um, but it does appeal to that kind of, oh, that would be nice, easy to 
break it down 23% everyone buys things across the board but in reality similar to so many of these GOP proposals it would just serve to benefit those at the very top of our economic ladder before I explain further here from CBS a group of House Republicans are pushing to eliminate most federal taxes and replace them with a federal sales tax and a plan that would ab uh, also abolish the Internal Revenue Service but tax experts warn the so-called Fair Tax Act is not so fair to working families while giving the wealthiest Americans a break the bill HR 25 would eliminate all individual and corporate income taxes capital gains payroll taxes and estate taxes while imposing a 23% sales tax on goods and services however tax experts point out that the way the tax is calculated Americans would pay closer to 30% more for everyday purchases John Bull a researcher at the tax policy center said this would hit the middle class the hardest and the reason for this is when you think about uh, lower or middle income earners what percentage of their earnings are being spent on consumer goods and services it's a very large portion of the basic day-to-day -day costs um food gas etc whereas someone who's really wealthy a smaller percentage of their income is being spent on those consumer goods and services so what does that mean a larger portion of the income a massive portion of the income being brought in by someone who's a lower or middle income earner is being touched by is uh, having this tax applied to it. Whereas now, so much of the income being brought in by those at the top of the economic ladder is not even having tax applied to it, uh, uh, having this tax applied to those earnings. And so you're taking the burden off of those at the top, putting it on to those who are at the lower middle income um, spot, which is the exact opposite when thinking about which direction we need to go with our tax system. Pretty pretty wild um next moment from buddy carter we will we will be able to to capture that underground economy if you will as as distasteful as it may be the the, the pimps the prostitutes they're going to be paying taxes because they consume they go out and they buy groceries they go out and they buy stuff and that's where you're going to be paying the taxes on hmm <laughs> It's just, as I said, wrong direction. The way that we're trying to head right now is to figure out how to more reasonably, responsibly tax those at the top of our economic ladder with the wild income inequality that we have and putting the burden more on those who spend disproportionately more um, in terms of their income as a percentage of their income on consumer goods and services makes absolutely no sense and removing the very mechanisms that help us uh, get to some of that income from those at the very top including the capital gains and estate tax is completely opposite of what we should be doing one more moment from him all these taxes but with the consumption tax with the fair tax you decide you want to buy a boat you're going to pay taxes you don't want to pay taxes don't buy the boat that's all there is to it. And I appreciate all these taxes. Yep. But see, even in that example, you understand what's broken about this. If you don't want to buy a boat, you don't have to buy a boat. True. True. Good point. If you don't want to pay the taxes on that boat and that, you know, disincentivizes you to buy the boat. Okay. But see, you can't not buy food or clothing 
Um, and that is what would be having uh, this tax applied to it. That is the exact problem here, that the very basic needs of people would be harder for them to afford and they don't have the decision of, oh, I'm not going to buy the food. Like, I'm not going to buy the boat. Come on, buddy Carter. Well, Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, has now been ordered by an arbitration panel to pay $5 million to a cybersecurity expert who disproved his election fraud claims because he made this proclamation and he set up this challenge to prove mike wrong challenge that said if you can prove me wrong about the election being stolen if you can prove all my evidence wrong then i'll give you five million dollars of course to show that he was so confident that he was correct well a cyber expert proved him uh, proved him wrong and now an arbitration panel has said you got to pay up mike this just in, MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell has now been ordered to pay out $5 million to an expert who debunked his 2020 election conspiracy theory. That's according to a decision by the arbitration panel, which was obtained by CNN. This comes after Lindell, who repeatedly peddled election conspiracies. He vowed to award a multi-million dollar sum to any cybersecurity expert who could disprove his data. CNN's Sarah Murray is following the story. Sarah, you have fresh reporting on this. What are you picking up? Well, look, Mike Lindell held this big cyber symposium uh, in 2021. He invited experts, he invited journalists, he invited politicians to come and said, I'm going to give you this data that's related to the 2020 election. Lindell, of course, believed it was stolen. And he said, if you can debunk it, if you can prove it's not related, I'll give you $5 million. Well, a cybersecurity... And then she explains what I just did, and I'll touch on it one more time. Uh... Here, this is from CNN as well. My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell has been ordered to shell out $5 million to an expert who debunked his data related to the 2020 election, according to a decision by the arbitration panel obtained by CNN. I mean, wow, that is, that's a what comes around goes around moment. You're running around lying about the election, pretending you have evidence, confidently saying, I'll pay anyone $5 million who can disprove my claims. And then now you're actually going to have to pay up. This reminded me of when hearing uh, it being reported on, the evidence he had, the cyber evidence and all of that, this interview he did on CNN where he was confronted about this evidence or lack thereof and how bogus it was and i wanted to remind you about that he should have known when he was being told by reporters like this this is bogus that he shouldn't put money on the line all the states every and single change the vote every single state and you have the proof yes the packet that will show I, I have the whole the data actual the exchange of votes yep yep 100 percent 100 percent it is, of course, complete nonsense. Despite every piece of so-called evidence Lindell has presented so far, three videos, a lawsuit, screenshots he sent to CNN, there's still no proof that the election was hacked, and that's according to two dozen cyber experts and election officials contacted by CNN. 100% evidence. When Lindell released his so-called evidence in videos like this, Fact checkers quickly found out it was evidence of nothing. These images are just publicly available voter data scrolling across the screen. 
<laughs> we'll stop it. Actually, let me jump forward to when Mike Lindell responds to this. Six different screenshots. You sent us this on Friday. Yeah. What is this? That's just one piece of 1.2 billion lines of data from the election. Okay, there's within that will be timestamps of when of when it happened. There'll be flips in there. So we sent this to our own experts. Mm -hmm. He said that, that it doesn't show any specific actions of any kind, election-related or not, and it's proof of of nothing. Okay, so he said that's nothing, huh? Well, he's wrong. Then you didn't hire a cyber expert. We didn't. <laughs> and they say they hired a bunch of cyber experts. I got to tell you, with, with all Mike, I think he's one of the rare individuals who's actually bought into this. Who, and I mean, there are lots of voters, lots of uh, followers who are bought into this. But as far as the leaders, those pushing out this nonsense, he's one of the few that actually believes it. And it's sad to see. And I think he asked somebody, I don't know who benefits from this, but someone he asked to provide him cyber data, um, the hard proof of the election being stolen. And they just took screen grabs of a bunch of publicly available data and they just scrolled it on a screen for him. And he was like, see, they're telling me. And now it's, it's there. And he's been funding, spending to the tune of millions of millions of dollars uh, so much and putting so much of his life into challenging these election results and trying to get rid of the machines and trying to overturn Carrie Lake's election results and Trump's and all of that based on lies. But when I see him talk about it, I don't see that little thing in people's eyes when they're all, you know, <laughs> deceitful. He just seems completely bought into it. Um, and it's really sad. And now my pillow's going broke and he's going to have $5 million more million to payout is just a disaster again why because lies not because he's actually fighting this justified crusade not because he's actually saving america from the horrible democrats but because he bought into lies whether that's because it benefits him which i just don't see how it is him kind of imploding his whole life over this or because he's believing people who are uh, for some reason feeding uh, some reason feeding this to him I don't know, but it's a sad story. And this is a cherry on top of that very sad story. Even though he's an adult, I recognize that anytime I talk about it being sad, I recognize he is waging an all out assault on democracy with all these lies. Um, but somehow it's still sad to observe. Well, the audio has been released from uh, McCurtain County of McCurtain County officials. This is in Oklahoma talking about concocting a plan to murder local reporters um and also in the same bit of audio now you could say oh they're not being serious about it right but earlier in the audio before talking about hiring a hitman to go after these reporters they don't like and talking about digging holes and stuff um they were reflecting on reminiscing about nostalgic about a time when black people would be lynched you likely, if you haven't heard this audio yet, you probably think I'm being dramatic, but you're about to listen. Before that, though, this is from Tulsa World, a long-running dispute between McCurtain County officials and a father-son reporting team 
exploded far beyond the state's southeast corner over the weekend after the publication of a story and the release of audio recordings in which a county commissioner, the sheriff, and two sheriff's office employees allegedly discuss lynching black people, compare a woman burned to death in a house fire to barbecue, and mention two big deep holes for disposing of the troublesome reporters. My goodness. So apparently after one of their county meetings um a reporter left a recording uh, device and captured this it was back in the day would that like when alan marshall take a damn blackjack whoop their ass and throw them in the cell i'd run for fucking chair yeah well it's not like that no more i know take them down <laughs> on a mud creek and hang them up with the damn rope yeah but you can't and do that about it, they got more rights than we got what they really you heard that He's saying you could go hang them up with a rope and says they they now have more rights than we do. You're saying black people have more rights because they're not getting lynched? They're, they're, they have more rights than you because they're not getting lynched? What are you talking about? Sick. They don't know if they... And that's, see, that's the thing about it. 20 years ago, I wouldn't have done something like that. I'm a, uh, 20 years ago, I wouldn't have put it in position. You know? They're insignificant in my life. Yes. Really. Uh, they, they bring the whole thing. It you know, comes around, goes around it. It will. I told you it will. Yeah. Well, I, I know where two big deep holes are here. I got an excavator. Well, these are our free dug. Yeah, but the thing of it is, you know. We actually told the I've truth. Know, I've known two or three hit men that are very quiet guys. Yeah. And would cut no fucking mercy. Yeah. In Louisiana. Because it's all mafia around yeah. Louisiana. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but here's the reality. If a hair on his wife's head, pursuing him's head, or any of those people that really were behind all that, if the hair on their head got touched by anybody, who who would be the bad guys? Who'd you blame for? Yeah. On a bark body, you know, we wrap it up tenfold to preserve the body and stuff like that. And then we put the, get the, all the body parts and stuff like that. And uh, Kyla was out there too. Kyla, all the body part. Oh, she come apart. Yeah, just the bark body. Well, I know. I, I picked up. One. And uh, they really Kyla, fall apart when they're burnt. Ten. Yeah. And you never them. had barbecue. That's another. Yeah. Same. I'm hungry. What is happening? So a sheriff, other officials, these McCurtain County officials talking about hiring a hitman to assassinate journalists and they get on the subject of how people burn um, comparing it to barbecue and then obviously you heard at the beginning them reminiscing about when black people would be lynched um, and saying now that they're not they have more rights than they do than the people in this audio recording do so separate from just all of the on a human level horrible things that were said also definitely need to be investigated for the hitman stuff that's disturbing and uh the governor is calling for them to 
resign. Again, I say investigations are necessary. And just think about if you, number one, are those reporters knowing that your political leaders in this area are talking about you like that. And also, if you're someone who's black who lives in McCurtain County, I mean, just complete vitriol from those who are supposed to care about you as a citizen, as a constituent, the sheriff. That is really disturbing. And that's really uh, all I have to say. If you at all doubt that Tucker Carlson blatantly pushes Russian propaganda, this segment is for you. He uh, responded. We looked at part of his response previously. Now I have another example of this that he's doubled down on the dishonesty recently uh, in regard to, which has to do with, again, the intelligence leak. The uh, suspect, Jack Tejera, has been arrested for leaking classified information, uh, sending classified documents in Discord servers, wild situation. And Tucker Carlson responded to this by just making up stuff, just making up data points and then reporting on it. Uh, and one of the things that was in these documents had to do with Russia's invasion of Ukraine and was giving a sense of the death toll on either side. And what we saw was that Russia is losing twice the amount of people as Ukraine. Their soldiers are dying at twice um, at a two to one ratio as Ukrainian soldiers. And none of this is to celebrate the loss of human life or any of that. It's just to say Ukraine is standing strong. And despite Russia supposedly having this very strong military, they're not having that shown in this invasion, which is good um, that they're not able to succeed and tucker carlson instead of saying what i just said which is the truth said this and we'll talk about where he got this information sort of from the second thing we learned from these slides is that despite direct u.s involvement ukraine is in fact losing the war seven ukrainians are being killed for every russian ukrainian air defenses have been utterly degraded ukraine is losing the Biden administration is perfectly aware of this. They're paying. So seven Ukrainians for every one Russian. But that would directly contradict what I was just outlining, right? And Business Insider has a piece here that says Fox News host Tucker Carlson on Thursday rattled off seemingly made up casualty figures from leaked intelligence to argue that Ukraine is losing the war with Russia. But the actual leak or cla a leaked classified United States documents show that more than twice as many Russian soldiers as Ukrainian troops have been killed. And then it says uh, the leaked document was subsequently altered and shared around Russian telegram accounts to falsely show the reverse that Russia had suffered fewer casualties. But even those faked numbers uh, were still lower casualty rates than what Carlson referenced. So do you see what's happening? The actual doc documents that were leaked, those got altered and uh, pro-Russian propaganda sources were pushing out this altered version to say that Russia was doing better than previously known. Tucker Carlson apparently took that and altered it even more because it's even more uh, distorted than what was circulating as propaganda within pro-Russian spaces here. Very wild. Um, and 
as I've said before, he puts out this dishonest propaganda so good on the part of Russia that uh, Russian state media plays clips of him. That's how good he, he is at perpetuating their lies about this invasion. Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's also um, a, a pretty bonkers conspiracy theorist in his own right, joined Tucker Carlson to double down on this narrative that now has been clearly disproven. Nobody talks about this. There's 14,000 Ukrainian civilians who have died, but 300,000 troops. The Russians are killing Ukrainians at a 7 to 1 to 8 to 1 ratio. They cannot sustain this. What we're being told about this war is just not true. No. You're right, from people like you. <laughs> it's not true. And I would hope... Ah, <sighs> my goodness. I still have 0.0% understanding as to why this has been the way that much of the right wing has gone. Not just to be skeptical of the Biden administration and their support of Ukraine, but to be completely in the most dishonest way possible against Ukraine and for Russia and the lies that they put out. It makes no sense to me. The only argument I've been able to kind of come up with or only reason for why this is where they've um, gone is they see Biden being supportive of Ukraine as he should be. And they just need to be against Biden because he's the big bad Democrat. So they have to do something that's the exact opposite, which would be to be for Russia. The other thing is kind of this fondness we're seeing within a certain part of the right wing for author uh, authoritarian leaders, which Putin obviously is one. And so Maybe that plays a little bit into it, but all in all, very, very dishonest, dangerous, and just bizarre. I have a piece here from Mediate that I want to take a look at with you about DeSantis and uh, what he's doing right now, preparing himself for a presidential run by touring around the country, doing different uh, events, and seemingly ignoring actual problems in Florida. Now, there are so many times when politicians are not in the place where problems are that they could be addressing, and um, it's not always necessary for you to be at the side of a disaster to lead on it, but it's clear DeSantis' focus is preparing himself for a presidential run, doing these events, talking about how against wokeness he is, and not solving problems, not addressing the crises that are facing Florida, specifically right now, um, the severe flooding that's taking place in Florida, in South Florida. And so this will walk through kind of what's going on here. We're even seeing Republicans criticize DeSantis on this. And uh, then I'll talk about how this is representative of kind of the broader Republican uh, style of politics right now. But first, this from Mediate, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis traveled to South Carolina to speak about fighting woke while South Florida attempts to recover from the last week's severe flooding after torrential rains wreaked havoc on his home state. As Republican Senator Marco Rubio of Florida noted several hours after DeSantis spoke on Wednesday, there is a fuel shortage in the region. DeSantis, who is reportedly gearing up to announce a bid for the Republican presidential nomination in 2024, has barnstormed across the country in early caucus and primary states such as Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina to burnish his conservative credentials in large part by touting his war on wokeness in Florida. 
Quote, so because the woke represents a war on truth, we have no other recourse but to wage a war on woke, DeSantis told a gathering. And before I discuss further, he, uh, he, makes sure, he makes sure to fit in the word woke as much as possible. Take a look at this 17 second clip. So yes, we fight the woke in the legislature, but we also fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the bureaucracy and we fight the woke in corporate America. Our bottom line is we do not surrender to the woke mob. Florida's where woke goes to die. So yeah. <laughs> Six times in 17 seconds. That's impressive. Uh, so his individual case, him as the microcosm, he's focusing on his presidential ambitions and all of that. Um, and in that focusing on being anti-woke and all that over the issues facing Floridians, the flooding, the fuel shortages. And people are upset with him about that. When you zoom out, the macrocosm is this is a great representation of the exact issue with the modern Republican Party. Because while he is trying to further his political ambitions by fighting against the straw man of all straw mans, the woke monster... Um, and he's trying to elevate his political career by distracting with all these different things, there are actual issues that could be addressed. And that's what we see. While Republicans focus on fighting wokeness, but no one really knows what is even being talked about wokeness, um, without any policy prescriptions attached to that, or CRT being something that's not even taught in elementary schools as they say that it is, or um, Biden coming for your your gas stove, or Mr. Potato Head, something's happening with him, or Little Mermaid is going woke, or whatever it is, that is how they distract from the fact that they're not putting forward actual policies to benefit the lives of their constituents. So for DeSantis... Here, he's distracting from the real policy solutions he could put forward to issues facing Floridians with his battle against Disney and Woke and all of that. The National Republican Party focuses nonstop on trans people, obsesses hatefully over them, um, and on generally the word Woke, battling against it, and all these different things, so they don't have to answer for why they're not also, as a Democratic Party, while far from perfect, at least is putting forward policies to lower prescription drug costs, try to expand health insurance to people, um, try to invest in the future of green energy, try to increase wages of working people, fight for unions as we watch with the Bernie Sanders uh, hearing with Howard Schultz, and at least there's actual policies to improve the lives of working people. Republicans, there's nothing. So it has to be distractions. It has to be woke six times in 17 seconds. And that really is the reality of the modern Republican Party. We're going to end today once again with one of my favorite now types of segments, which uh, is covering these, these videos that Trump posts on True Social that are hype videos made for him, about him, that he posts to hype himself up. Um, and I've said that when he's in tough times, he's being faced with all these investigations, we watched him be arrested in the rain, he needs to be told, you 
are the man. You're the big man and everyone loves you. And so he goes into the true social black hole and finds videos and then posts them on his account. So before I give you the two most recent examples of this, let's remember some of the past hype videos he's posted for himself in recent uh, weeks. We saw this one. Okay, so we saw that. That was the song that was written for him. Um, and then we also saw this song that he shared. And we remember there was never a beat drop and it was sad. Um, and now I have for you the most recent example. A hype video about his time at the UFC match. Yeah! And I've set up and caught out this stage with my own two hands. We've traveled this land, packed tight mini fans. And all this for the fans, girls, money, and fame. I played their game and had to scream my name. I will show no shame. I live and die for this. And if I come off soft, are you scared? I'm an American badass! Watch me kick! 45 in the building to set the stage from Miami, Florida. What an atmosphere. So there's the hat. We have one more, uh, but there's just, there's a cult around him and I don't get it. He, when it came to policy was before the pandemic, just nothing impressive about the policy, but for his one legislative, uh, proposal or accomplishment, I guess you would call it was a massive tax cut bill that disproportionately gave more wealth to the wealthy. And then he mishandled the pandemic. And then he attempted to install himself president despite losing an election, which would have been the end of American democracy as we know it. But none of that seems to matter. It's just about this kind of, I, I don't get it, kind of culture around him. And some people believe the election lies, of course. A lot of them do. And so he wasn't being anti-democratic. He was fighting for democracy. But I talked to some people, and I imagine the guy who was shouting the microphone, the fighter guy, would be something like this. I've talked to so many individuals who actually haven't kept up that much with the day-to-day -day of politics or the uh, election claims. Oh, yeah, I think I heard you know Trump says it was stolen. I don't know if it was or not. Shouldn't you know that if you're going to say you support him so much? But again, it's more of kind of a cultural thing. He's a cultural force. Trump, oh, I'm Trump, I'm with Trump. It's not actually about policies or his anti-democratic views or anything like that. Ugh. One more thing he posted to hype himself up. 
This was uh, reposting the House GOP post. It's a little strange to me to be reposting all these things that other people are making about you. You do you, though, I guess. Uh, pretty strange, though. Thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show. I will see you tomorrow.